0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the STEM Sessions podcast, the UK STEM career podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Esther Umwana. If you'd like to please introduce yourself, Esther.
1: Hi, I'm Esther. I'm a radiation safety physicist. I work within the NHS.
0: So what does a radiation safety physicist do?
1: Um, Yeah, we do a lot. (laughs) So anything in the hospital that uses radiation, like x-ray, CT, fluoroscopy, Anything like that, we basically make sure that it's safe and make sure that it gives good image quality so that any diagnosis that people make using that equipment is actually accurate. So we do that in a load of different ways. So like we test equipment every year or every two years. That's called quality assurance, so QA. But then we also do things like designing the rooms, making sure that no radiation is leaking out of the walls or anything, keeping everyone safe. Yeah, we just do anything to do with radiation.
0: (laughs) Wow, awesome. So what goes into making a room radiation safe?
1: So there are like national guidelines that we have to make sure that we um, adhere to. So there's a safe amount of, well, I wouldn't say a safe amount, but amount of radiation that is legal for the public to receive which is one millisiever per year so we calculate how much lead would need to go into the walls to make sure that that is the amount that a member of the public would receive mm-hmm. so you base that on how many people are going to be in the room like adjacent to like I guess the CT scan or the x-ray equipment how much that equipment is going to be used the normal workload And we put that all in a spreadsheet, do lots of calculations, and then that's what we do.
0: Awesome. Cool. So how did you get to where you are today in terms of, well, we'll go straight from the start. So what what inspired you? Were you always inspired to have a role in the NHS and specifically in physics and radiation Um, safety physics?
1: Yeah, well, I always wanted to work in the NHS, I think. So I wanted to do something that helped people, but I just didn't really know what. Initially, I wanted to be a doctor, but I felt like I'm not actually cut out to deal with patients. And then when I was about 15 or 16, I came across like radiography. I think I Googled physics and helping people (laughs) (laughs) because I liked physics. I liked maths. Um, So I Googled that and it came up with radiography. So I emailed the head of radiotherapy physics at my local hospital just quite scary like as a kid yeah. um but yeah I didn't really know what radiotherapy physics was I thought that was radiography I turned up that wasn't the case <laughs> <laughs> but um he was really really nice he like made everyone give me a little presentation on what their job was and I just wandered around the department they let me use um a linear accelerator which is cool <laughs> as a 15 year old so that's like a huge machine that basically delivers the radiotherapy treatment to um patience. but like for a 15 year old I was like whoa this is so cool <laughs> oh um yeah I was just sold I was like okay I'll do that
0: <laughs> yeah that's amazing that's something you did entirely off your own back as a 15 16 year old you just took the initiative to send that email
1: yeah I think well my dad helped me like he well, he read the email and was like, that looks okay, send that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, though, to, you know, that's so inspiring to be able to take your own initiative and to see something that you found online through something as simple as typing in (laughs) physics and helping people. (laughs) So where did you go from there once you'd had that that experience where you'd had, you know, work experience essentially in that area? um, Where did you go in terms of schooling and what route did you take? Um,
1: So... I studied medical physics at UCL. Um, So, yeah, I just looked at which unis did medical physics because it's quite a niche course. It Mm. is a physics degree, but then you just have little extra medical bits. Um, And then after that... Oh, should I talk about A-levels? Go for it, yeah.
0: about that. Go for it, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I did... Physics, Maths, Economics, AS French, I think, and AS Further Maths. Um, I think I just chose subjects I liked. So I feel like if you study something and it's really boring, you're not going to do very well.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. you need to have that passion and that interest in the subject. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a very good choice. And obviously, it's helped you a lot in terms of getting to where you are today.
1: Um, so it's been about four and a half years now. So initially I was a trainee for like three years. So I did the NHS scientist training program, which was really fun, but it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then at the end you get to call yourself a clinical scientist, which is cool. Um, so yeah. And then after that, I've been working at my current job for yeah. About a year and a half
0: oh that's great congratulations on being a clinical scientist <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do in your day-to-day
1: right so it depends basically i'm in charge of my own schedule which is quite nice but i'll just get into work check my emails sometimes we'll have um, emails about oh there's been this sort of radiation incident and I'll have to like investigate it, what's gone wrong, work out the doses to the patients or the pe- members of staff who were involved, et cetera. Um, sometimes I just have questions from random radiographers like, this has gone wrong when I've done my QA. What does this mean? <laughs> and I'll like explain it or if I need more information, ask them or maybe I'll go and see them if they're close by. <laughs> yeah. I'll be doing a QA so i'll go to the hospital with all my equipment and test the machines yeah so there's no like really typical typical day it just depends on what emails i get i guess
0: yeah <laughs> that's cool and it's great to have a job with variety and yeah. as you said you so it sounds as if you've got the autonomy to you know help to schedule your days which uh yeah. which is really valuable <laughs> yeah
1: I'm not always stuck in the office which can be like quite boring so I get to travel around all the different hospitals that I work in so yeah it's really fun. Yeah (laughs)
0: absolutely yeah I feel like you're actually being quite modest in terms of you know the impact that you're obviously having on patients the reality is that their machines need to be tested to ultimately treat patients and that obviously has a huge impact.
1: No I do because obviously sometimes it can feel quite far removed because I don't actually see patients but then when you realize oh if I didn't test this equipment it might not work and then that patient won't get their diagnosis Mm. or when I test something and I spot something which means that actually this isn't working how it should how it should um yeah I'm like, oh, wow, okay. (laughs) let's take this out of use right now. (laughs) But, yeah, it does make an impact. But, yeah, it's easy to forget sometimes.
0: (laughs) So what would you say is one of your favourite parts of your role?
1: I think my favourite part of the role is, like, working in a team. Like, it sounds quite sad, (laughs) but, like, it's really nice because... um, Whenever like I'm stuck with anything or I just don't know the answers, I can ask all my colleagues. Because um, yeah. I feel like good science doesn't really happen when you do it on your own. Like it, you need to like bounce your ideas off of people. So it's quite nice. And the team I work with are really great. Like they're really fun. We all go out for lunch together. We have tea breaks together. Like so. Yeah, I think that's my favourite part.
0: Is there any projects or anything in particular that you're working on at the moment that you're allowed to talk about, of course, that um, you know has really interested you or something different?
1: So there's one project that I'm working on now, which is trying to look at different methods of dose calculation. It probably sounds quite boring to someone not in the field. But initially, there was a government... like funded team that looked at all of the CT scanners that were ever produced and basically looked at how each scanner worked and they tested every single scanner and they built this software that was like an anthropomorphic phantom. A phantom is like something that you would x-ray instead of a person (laughs) to kind of see see. what the dose is and anthropomorphic I think means like meant to represent the human body. <laughs> yeah. um, so they had one of those and they basically made software which mimicked how the CT would work, like each different CT that came out. So you, mm-hmm. when you had a dose calculation to do, you could just click on the CT scanner that you had and then all the put all the parameters in and it would work out the dose for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that got defunded like... 10, 15 years ago so ever since then we've been like trying to use that software basically just trying to find the closest ct scanner to one that's on the on the system which is super outdated now mm-hmm. um so yeah there's like new software that's come in so i'm working on like comparing how that works with the old stuff um and seeing whether it's like reliable and like relevant and whether we can change our practice to use that so it's been quite fun so far I've only done like a few patient um doses but Mm -hmm. it's quite interesting
0: yeah Yeah, it sounds it and obviously again that that going back to the impact piece that's obviously could potentially change the way that you and your team do your work and to make it better ultimately for that patient experience so yeah that is really exciting (laughs) (laughs) it's good to know so what would you say is important in terms of the soft skills that you would need for for your role? I know you've mentioned working in a team is one of your favourite things, but within that team, are there any soft skills that you feel like you really need to utilise on a daily basis or regularly to be good in your role?
1: You have to be good at talking to, like, every different level of profession within the hospital because you work with nurses sometimes, like, teaching them basics of radiation safety you work really closely with radiographers um, they're the people who take the pictures <laughs> mm-hmm. um you work with surgeons sometimes and doctors and everyone basically so sometimes I'm sitting at a meeting and I'm like oh okay I'm with you know the director of medicine <laughs> right uh-huh. now and <laughs> you just have to be able to like speak to every type of person and you have to be quite good at explaining things, if that makes sense. So um, sometimes a patient can ring up. I don't know how they get our number, <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> they ring us and they're just like, oh, this has happened, please. Um, I've been irradiated. And you just have to be able to reassure, reassure them. No, you weren't irradiated mm. or um, don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just being able to communicate with lots of different types of people
0: it's really really important yeah that's pretty i'm sure that uh, speaking to a nurse about and actually teaching them something would be very different to speaking to a director of yeah. medicine would be very yeah. experienced <laughs> in yeah that's a really good skill i think to have and it's definitely something that uh, is important in a lot of stem roles so yeah you mentioned that communication is really really important for your role and yeah. um obviously a big part of being a stem ambassador is that communication piece so um, what have you done as a stem ambassador so far
1: So most of the stuff I've done as a STEM ambassador has been, like, going into schools and basically talking about my job. (laughs) Um, So a lot of schools do something like, um, basically, career speed dating. So they go around and ask you some questions about what your job is. So, yeah, basically just explaining what I do to, like, a (laughs) 14-year-old. It's interesting explaining your job to someone who has no idea what radiation is yeah. when, <laughs> when radiation is my job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what advice would you give to a young person who's aspiring for a career in the NHS or a career in helping people, as you said?
1: <laughs> um, I would say do your research. Try and figure out um, what sort of job would suit you and your personality type. I mean, like, I like my job because... I like rules. (laughs) I like maths and physics, but like there was a role for that in the NHS, which is awesome. But I think there's a role for everything. So just think about the sort of things that you like to do and research because there's probably a job there.
0: So if you weren't a radiation safety physicist, what career do you think you would be doing now?
1: Oh my gosh. Someone asked me this recently. Um, so, like, if I wasn't in relation safety physics, I would like to be a children's TV presenter. It would be so fun. Oh, that's,
0: that's a great answer.
1: <laughs> so, like, on Sundays, I literally sing to, like, three, four, three and four year olds, oh, basically. Okay. Actually, no, age one to four. Wow. And they are so cute and like you just sing songs with like hand actions like rainbows sun <laughs> sky <laughs> <laughs> and they love it um so that would be really fun i feel like it would be like a fun thing to do <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i mean it, it sounds like i'm personally not a very good singer so <laughs> i would probably make all the children cry <laughs> <laughs> so is there a part of your industry that holds um a myth that you'd like to bust essentially
1: (laughs) (laughs) i feel like my industry as in like medical physics as a whole i feel like they feel as though they are they don't have any sort of biases or racism or sexism because like it is quite good in that it is pretty much 50 percent women and men which is awesome and not something that you see a lot in physics especially um but in terms of ethnic minorities there's just like nothing (laughs) so like it was a tough thing for me to start off with because I would always walk into a room and always be the only black person there like a hundred percent and it was quite tricky at first but the place where I work now is great. I think I feel like it's probably the most diverse medical physics team in the country, <laughs> which is great. But yeah, I think I would like to bust the myth that, you know, I don't know, I guess that black people can't do physics. We can. <laughs> There's just not a lot of us, so I'd like to like encourage younger people, especially like ethnic minorities, like to study physics because there are jobs out there for physicists if you like physics do it basically <laughs> yeah.
0: thank you very much for giving up your time Esther to come and speak to us and um fine. yeah I wish you all the best thank you. <laughs>